Good news. My new book is almost here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth. And while it doesn't officially come out with Sounds True until May 7th, you can pre-order it now. And when you do, you'll receive up to $500 in additional gifts and resources to support you on your healing journey. I wrote this book because in the four-year span between 2016 and 2020, I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked every area of my life, health, relationships, finances, career, social status, and even my very identity. Along the way, I experienced firsthand just how dysfunctional our culture's relationship to loss really is. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success, shackled with isolation, and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and evolution, not only as individuals, but as a species. So this book expands the conversation around grief and loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we cover those too, to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. This includes the end of a relationship or job, death of a loved one, a natural disaster or a war, infertility, abortion, or a financial crisis. Also, when we're going through hard times, we're encouraged at every turn to hurry up and get on with it. But by trying to power through these messier seasons of life, we're denying ourselves the very answers to our healing and growth. Whether you're experiencing hardship right now, or you know that you have past hurts that are holding you back and still need healing, this book will support you. Handbook for the Heartbroken will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. Within the loving pages of this book, you'll have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically, find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. You can download your free chapter now and pre-order the book to receive all those bonuses at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. That's handbookfortheheartbroken.com. I also want to add that pre-ordering the book now is the very best way that you can support me as an author and the health of this book when it enters the world in May. It signals to booksellers to stock the book at that time and in turn, make it available to more people who need it. So thank you for your pre-orders. Thank you for your support. And I look forward to continuing to deepen together in this important conversation over the coming months. Hello, welcome to the Sarah Avon Stover podcast, a space to come home to your inner wisdom. I'm Sarah, best-selling author and teacher of women's yoga, meditation, and spirituality. And this podcast was born out of my own desire to hear Dharma talks, which are what the Buddhist tradition calls wisdom teachings, through the distinct lens and voice of the sacred feminine. Here, I'll share these very talks, along with rich conversations about all different facets of the feminine spiritual journey. But above all, I created this because I believe that when a woman gets still and quiet enough to hear her inner wisdom, she's able to live her true path in the world. I hope this podcast helps you do just this. I'm happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to 2022. And today is my first day back at work after taking a couple weeks off for some holiday hibernation. One of my favorite things to do. I enjoyed a mix of some travel and organizing things around the house and also just, just relaxing. And many of us are feeling a rough start to this year. I I know the fires here in Boulder County last week are still a huge shock to the system. And while I was not personally impacted, so many around me were. And it's still hard to fathom that 1,100 homes were lost within a matter of minutes and hours, 
just 10 miles from my front door. My heart goes out to everyone who is impacted. And I know that the effects of climate change are being felt in other parts of the world right now, too. And also that so many are sick with COVID. So mercy, mercy to all of us. And let's continue to take good care of ourselves and one another. In this spirit, I'm inviting here as the first podcast guest of the year, a longtime friend and colleague, Heidi Rose Robbins. Heidi and I met 14, 13, 14-ish years ago while attending a retreat with our mutual teacher, Sofia Diaz, at the Mount Madonna Retreat Center just outside of Santa Cruz, California, a beautiful place for those of you who know it and who have been there. And Heidi and I have stayed in touch since then. I've always appreciated her poetic way of being and speaking, her compassionate and concise astrological readings, and most of all, just her heartful presence. In today's conversation, we speak about what to keep an eye out for in terms of the astrology for 2022. And she also leads us through a recap of what came to pass in the heavens in 2021. We talk about the rituals and practices and various things that have been helping both of us during different stages of the pandemic, and also about some big, brave shifts that she's making in her own life this year, particularly in her professional life to help her better fulfill her intention for deeper listening and spaciousness. So by way of her formal bio, Heidi Rose Robbins is an inspirational speaker, esoteric astrologer, poet, teacher, host of the podcast, The Radiance Project. In all her work, she helps individuals access their inner light so that they can share it with the outer world. She has spoken at multiple TEDx events in Los Angeles, shared original work from her first book, The Beckoning Ceaseless Beauty, as well as the Women's Empowerment Conference, Be Golden, and the ongoing Backyard Illumination events. In her astrological practice, Heidi has supported many men and women through major life transitions, spiritual crises, and growth opportunities. At her twice-yearly Radiant Life Retreats, Heidi takes this a step further and creates fertile ground for personal breakthroughs in a loving, supportive group environment that has helped many attendees live fuller, more expressive, and courageously loving lives. Her podcast, The Radiance Project, combines her love of astrology, poetry, and very good company, which she shares with the world for weekly inspiration. Heidi lives in Southern California with her husband and two children. And now, please enjoy my conversation with Heidi Rose Robbins. Welcome, Heidi. Thanks, Sarah. So good to be here. So good to have you. And we always start our conversations here with a personal check-in. So I'd love for you to share with us where you're joining us from, as well as how you're doing right now at the levels of body, heart, and mind. Mm, I love that so much. It immediately makes allows me to exhale. Um, I'm in um, my studio. I live in Glendale, California. I, I have a little... Uh, studio separate from the house, which is my refuge. It's uh, where I see my clients and um, it's my favorite room of the house <laughs> in a way, you know, um, and I'm, we're meeting at the end of a, a day of clients. And, but I have to say that I had many weeks of feeling a lot of urgency in my body and many weeks of feeling um, exhausted. But in the last couple of weeks, I feel like I've started to caught a current in a way and and feel much uh, better at the end of my client days. And this is one of those days where I feel like it was a good day and I'm not exhausted. Great. What do you, what do you attribute that current to? Do you think? 
You know, I will say I was trying to think about it the other day, like, wait a second, I really do feel different than I felt a couple of weeks ago. And I, I did have um, a wonderful body work session with a, a man that I've worked with for a year now. And for me, if I can release physically or, you know, get back in a kind of more open place physically, um, it affects every realm of my being. And so I think uh, that was a turning point. And I think I just was at such a point of fullness in my life right now that I said, the only way to navigate these days is to just breathe and show up with the person that's in front of me and not get ahead of myself. And I, and I really recommitted to that. Mm. Yeah. I so, I so relate to that. I am also very much a body person and having a good body worker is just really a game changer. Oh my goodness. I, I, I actually really hurt my, well, it was my back, my neck about a year ago. And I'm so grateful I did because as a result, I have this sort of gorgeous several healers that came into my life that are, that will stay with me forever. I mean, if if I have, if I have a choice in the matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I relate to the fullness too. Like right now I'm experiencing more fullness in my life than I have in several years. And um, I'm also just noticing, okay, yeah, Sarah, I just need to just stay in the present moment and does not think ahead to, you know, all the things that are coming and just, just right here right now today. And then it's, then it's, I mean, it's all enjoyable, but then it's just, it just makes it, makes it easier. takes a lot of the mental anxiety out of it. Yeah. I went through different ways of like, how can I like writing up just my day on a piece of paper and not looking at the calendar, you know, just like this is today. We're not looking at the month, (laughs) you know, Um, and uh, all the little tricks that, that help me um, just be easy and grateful in the day. But I tell you what, it's, it's not been that way for a long time. So I'm, I'm feeling doubly grateful that I'm feeling okay right now. Great. Great. So we're going to um, just kind of pan out a little bit. And you and I have known one another for a long time. Um, how many, has it been like 20 years or something? I think it's not been that many, although it feels like that. I think it's yeah. been, I think we met 15? in 2007. I think that's when we met because I remember I was just doing the Hello Love Tour around that time. And so it was like 14, 14 years. Yeah. 14 yeah. years. Yeah. It's a long time. Yes. And so I know that astrology has been a big part of your life. Um, you're a wonderful astrologer and it's been a part of your life from what sounds like from the start with the influence of your father. Um, can you speak to us about this influence and just how it did or didn't shape you in your youth and just in your present day career path? Yeah, absolutely. Um, My childhood was in Fargo, North Dakota, and um, my dad at the time that I was growing up was an opera director, um, but he was also studying astrology quite deeply. And towards the end of my time in Fargo, he opened a metaphysical bookstore in Fargo, North Dakota, which (laughs) which was an interesting place to open a metaphysical bookstore. Nobody really went there, but um, he he would have friends visit and, you know, the occasional person enter. But um, yeah, so from the get-go, I definitely learned the Zodiac at age three and loved my dad so much and always wanted to listen to what he had to say. And um, for most of my teenage life and my childhood life, I loved theater. And so I was really obsessed with theater and acting and all of that. So I would listen to him and be interested, but I never imagined that it would become what I do in the world, you know. Um, But he was so psychologically savvy and so uh, perceptive of, of everyone in the family, everyone in my friend group, you know, so I was always curious. And, um, yeah, when I was about 18 or 19 years old, he had his first conference and he's been doing them ever since. And I remember showing up at this conference and there were like a hundred people there. And I was like, who are these people? And are they interested in what my, you know, in what my father was teaching? And it, it was the first moment that I thought, oh, 
I'm interested in this. I'd really love to study astrology. And so from that moment on, I started to study, but I didn't actually um, choose to make it my livelihood until about, you know, 20, 20 some years ago. Mm. And what was that? What was that turning point for you when you decided to make it just your, the path of your livelihood? I had been pursuing a very, you know, the artistic path and had loved it and, and, I was teaching, I was acting, I was writing, I loved all of that. But I then I started to find that I was deeply interested in people and I was deeply interested in helping people express themselves. And I I just loved it as a tool the more I studied it. And so then I started, started to realize that I could blend the two. So almost from the get-go, I was working with clients, but I was also doing you could call it astrological embodiment work where the artistic path and the astrological path were weaving together. And that, that became more and more the sweet spot for me, but it was, it was just a moment when I really realized that I had a tool that could help people and I enjoyed doing it. So let's, let's make some money and let's like make it a livelihood. Right. And I love also now, um, and for a long time, you've also integrated it a lot with poetry, like your podcast, you, you share about astrology, you read poetry, you kind of share even like poetic snippets from your own life. And um, how, how about the influence of poetry in your life? How has that been yeah. through the years? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I always wrote poetry. So it's always been in my life. I've always loved writing poetry. But I think there was a moment when I was living in Boulder, actually, uh, I think David White came to Boulder and um, it was this revelatory moment. And uh, I would say poetry re-entered my life in a very strong way about 25 years ago. And um, poetry and astrology to me both feel like special languages, you know, like poetry cuts away all the inessential and takes you right to the heart of the matter. And we're, I mean, good poetry, you know, we're just pierced by it. We're, we're changed by it. And likewise, I feel the same way about astrology. When something can be spoken right to the heart of the matter, you, you can get rid of, you know, um, a lot of unnecessary ways of thinking about a thing and you can get right to the essence. And um, so I love them as two languages that that encourage, that uplift, that help us transform and evolve. Yeah, I thought about poetry as um, I've heard it spoken about as like the language of the soul, but I haven't thought about astrology in that way. I'm not that close to astrology. I mean, I, I enjoy it, but I see what I, I see what you mean as you say that that it, it is kind of like this this other language that reveals deeper truths in a very precise. And also poetic way. Yeah. And I think that that is, I might not be, you know, the most specific, uh, detailed astrologer in the world. I might be more poetic, but they, you know, I love the blend of them. Do you know, I love finding the words, whether through the planets or through a poem that allow us to sort of reveal or reveal our inner name you know, our, our, like both, both poetry and astrology, I think, speak to our secret inner name or our soul's calling or our, you know, our, 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 our wish to fully express the, the, the most authentic self. Mm. So speaking of that, you know, this podcast is coming out at the beginning of the new year of 2022. And I'm curious if you can speak to us about just what, what are some of the big themes of this, this year that we're stepping into? Yeah, well, it's interesting because in a way, speaking of poetry and spirituality, one of the biggest uh, shifts that's happening right at the end of 2021, December 28th, Jupiter will move into Pisces. Now, Jupiter is only in the sign of Pisces once every 12 years. So the last time it was there was 2010. And 
Pisces is a sign that rules poetry, music, uh, sensitivity, artistry, film, photography. You know, it rules the imagination. And Jupiter is a planet that touches, makes everything larger that it touches, right? So on one hand, we could say at least for the first six months of 2022, we are diving into some deep imaginative artistic realms. And particularly in April, we have this beautiful conjunction of Jupiter and Neptune. And Neptune is the planet of spirituality and the dreamer. And so there's something that's quite, um, it, all the, the, all the deepening of our spiritual lives, all the deepenings of our imagination, even hopefully the deepening of our compassion is potential. Now, also, by the way, like Pisces rules retreats, Neptune rules retreats. So when we when we gather to focus in on the depths of who we are, that's all the Piscean realm, right? Um, now, the other part of this is that Pisces rules escapism, Pisces rules addiction, Pisces can even be you know, it can spread things quickly, right? So we we also have to be careful of where we choose to escape or how we choose to extract ourselves from uh, our, you know, the harsh reality. There's always a caveat with every combination. Um, but I have a lot of, I, I feel quite excited for people about where that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction lands in their chart, because uh, I feel like that's an opportunity for a lot of love and compassion to pour through um, in April. So that's one of the things. Yeah, that's one of the things about the, the new year. Um, yeah, I mean, there is... Also, you've probably been hearing there are also many eclipses. We've now switched into the Taurus um, and Scorpio eclipse cycle. And so there's a lot about desire and detaching from certain desires and new aspirations and looking at what we really value and what we're ready to detach from. So um, there are a whole bunch of solar and lunar eclipses in the signs of Taurus and Scorpio all through 2022 that wherever the, wherever Taurus and Scorpio fall in your chart, that's really important. Um, so we're in early December now when we're recording this and are those the eclipses also that are been happening now or are those the yes, we started, is, we started, okay. we started one already um, in the Taurus Scorpio realm, and then we'll do another four in 2022, and it'll even go into 2023. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you could also look to like our world leaders and things and look to the leaders that have strong Scorpio or Taurus and eclipses tend to bring big change and big entrances, big exits, and all of that. And of course, Biden has a ton of Scorpio in his chart. And so the, the eclipses are all affecting him. No surprise there, but I mean, there's tremendous pressure. Um, uh, but I guess what I would say with the Taurus Scorpio eclipses, most of all is like, after this two-year period of such extreme testing, Taurus really says, what is valuable to you? What is of value? And Scorpio helps you get rid of everything that is not. And that's interesting that like you're speaking a lot about the spring of 2022. And just today, I, um, I was reading an essay by a naturopathic doctor. I don't remember his name. I was just introduced to him. But he he's been saying that um, he believes the the pandemic will will end or will shift into um, just uh, I forget what the scientific term is, just the phase where it's just like a contagious illness, you know, like the flu or something. Okay. In May, but now that with this new variant, the Omicron variant, he's saying he believes that will happen even sooner by April. That this variant is kind of what's going to be tipping us into that point where it's um, it's more contagious, but it's going to be less severe. And we're going to be seeing a big shift with mandates being lifted and things starting around April. So 
who knows, but that's interesting. Yeah. The spreading part could be the Jupiter and Pisces. Like it maybe it spreads more, but doesn't have as much of a, you know, catastrophic effect. Um, I would also, I guess I would um, tend to wonder about that as well, because in June, Jupiter moves into Aries and that is like a fiery new beginning. That's a fresh start. That's a new cycle. And it, yes, it'll dip back into Pisces at the very end of 2022, but it stays in Aries for, you know, good part of June, July, August, September, part of October. So we have a chance to get some momentum. And I'm wondering if the Jupiter in Pisces time is not an ending of sorts of this particularly difficult time, or at least a significant change, like midway through the year, more freedom. (laughs) I want to take a short break from my conversation to let you know that later this month, I'm opening registration for not one, not two, but three new programs. And actually they're not brand new, but they are new versions of programs that I've been offering for anywhere between 10 and 15 years. So Some of you will know them well. Some of you will just be meeting them for the first time. The first of these is my nine-month online spiritual practice community. And this is called Women's House of Wisdom. It integrates women's yoga, meditation, and internal family systems therapeutic model known as IFS. So this is the latest and greatest iteration of my former programs like the Red Tent, the She School, A Year of She, will meet both for monthly retreats as well as for monthly IFS therapy groups to help us deepen spiritually while simultaneously healing and growing psychologically. Because to live sane, integrated, inspired lives, we need to do both of these things concurrently. And this has really been the magic formula for me in my life and for just many women that I work with individually. And for women who want to work with me in a more personalized way, while also applying both these spiritual and psychological teachings to their careers, I'm leading an inner circle within Women's House of Wisdom called the Wisdom Circle. And this is the mastermind component uh, because I found that my professional journey has been the biggest catalyst for both my spiritual and psychological growth. And in the midst of that, I have yet to find a business mentor or mastermind group that integrates these three dimensions. And not only that it integrates these three dimensions, but that it does so in a feminine honoring way. So I'm excited to be offering that. And then last but not least, I'm also opening up registration for my annual women's insight retreat, which is a week long getaway with women's yin and slow flow yoga, Buddhist meditation, dharma teachings, time in nature, rest, self-care, silence, sisterhood, just all the good stuff. And after a few years of hiatus, I'm hosting it this year for the very first time in southern France at the end of August. So discounts will be available to women who sign up for more than one of these programs at once. And again, more details about all three of these will be available later in January. If you want to be sure to find out about one or all of them, to get on their early notification list, head to sarahavonstrover.com forward slash hashtag wisdom list, sarahavonstrover.com forward slash hashtag wisdom list. And that link will also be in the show notes. But above all, amidst everything that's happening in the world and will continue to happen, I look forward to sharing these programs with you, sharing sacred space with you, and deepening with and supporting you in 2022. And now back to our conversation. Um, so anything else that you want to share with us about this looking ahead to next year? 
Yeah, you know, um, I, I would mention that in August, perhaps there's a lot of Mars activity. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on. Mars will be in, in relationship to Saturn, in relationship to Uranus, in relationship to Pluto. And Mars is the warrior and, and really drives things. And so I have a feeling that month itself, will there's um, it'll be a little bit more dramatic on the world stage with all those Mars transits. Um but what's kind of nice is, you know, really for the last two years, we have had such like intense astrology. We've had, you know, Saturn squaring Uranus, which is like freedom versus, you know, restriction. We've had isolation. We've had, um, you know, Saturn in Aquarius, which does feel just incredibly alone. And, um, and, and I think the potential for this year is to have Saturn in Aquarius be more of uh, a support to groups that are forming around progress, right? So we've had a lot of Aquarian energy and we've had a lot of attention to areas that need more, more of our humanitarian attention. And maybe this upcoming year, Saturn gets structured and more serious about it in a way that can be effective and build something that lasts, you know? So um, I, I feel like there's a little less drama in this year to come um, astrologically for sure. It's kind of like from what you're saying, it kind of sounds like all this big energy is like finding more structures and pathways to move in the world in a new way. I feel that particularly about Saturn and Aquarius, because when we entered it, it was sort of like pandemic time. And that's, you know, Saturn and Aquarius, Aquarius rules technology, Saturn rules isolation. Here we are isolated and we're <laughs> connecting only through Zoom, right? And we feel, and groups are feel separate. And so a lot of the tests that came through Saturn and Aquarius for the first half, but I hope that the potential with Saturn in the second half is that we feel more of the maturity that comes with Saturn and more of the ability to build on what we learned and put our attention on more of the progressive or, or humanitarian needs um, that Aquarius calls us to, to. So, right. yeah. So the maturity of Saturn, fingers crossed. <laughs> and then just looking back to 2021, you know, you're saying that like these two years of the pandemic have been pretty um, wild in terms of the cosmos and astrology, like what are not, now that we can see it in retrospect, like what were some of the big astrological moments of 2021 or themes? Well, yeah, again, I think that, you know, through the first half of 2021, for sure, we had two more squares of Saturn Uranus and, um, Saturn is the old agenda. Uranus is the new path forward. Uranus rules, you know, is the new ruler of Aquarius, right? Saturn was the old ruler of Aquarius. But um, so, so, so much tension fraught around our personal freedoms, uh, you know, the new versus the old. How are we going to square? And a square is creative friction. So really through a good part of 2020 and 2021, we've had this creative friction. Um what is helpful, however, about last year is that, you know, we did have Jupiter in Aquarius. And the last time we had Jupiter in Aquarius was 2008 when Obama was, was that when he, he yeah, that was his first, was that his mm -hmm. first election? Yes. So yeah. that, so we can, we are more together. Yes, we can. It was this surge of, of hope and, you know, um, democratic process, right? We planted a seed. And now after lots of contraction around that and uh, difficulty, we, we came back around last year to remind ourselves of what happened 12 years before, you know? So certain efforts got underway with Jupiter and Aquarius that will play out over the next 12 years, you know? Um, so I, I sort of feel like certain groups fell apart, because of Saturn and Aquarius. And I certainly had some uh, interesting friendship circles and groups that kind of scattered or broke in some ways. 
But then we got clear about our truest allies and we got clear about, or we've started to get clear about the people that we really do want to create with or the organizations we really do want to support or, so it's all, there's so much, uh, last year was such a theme around Aquarius and group work and who are our true allies. Mm. Yeah. I can feel that in my own life too, for sure. Yeah. 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 And so I know that also just in your life over the past year, maybe more, I'm not sure. um, You've also been working on a book. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had, I actually a year ago published 12 uh, Zodiac love letters. So a book for each sign of the Zodiac as a kind of love letter to the sign. And um, the idea is that you would like buy your sun, moon and rising sign. But the idea is really that that using astrology as a tool of compassion and a tool of encouragement and also a tool to give you the next steps to help evolve your sign. So I published those um, with One Idea Press uh, a year ago. And then this next fall in 2022, Chronicle will be releasing um, uh, a book that's based on the moon notes that I write every morning, particularly on Instagram, um, about the astrology of the day. So I've been doing those for four years. And this book is kind of like a, um, a, a, a 365 daily encouragement through astrology. Great. So I'm curious as a feather, as a fellow writer and author, just what your writing process has been like. Um, and I know it can be different for each kind of body of work, but is there anything um, in particular about like structure or schedule or process that was helpful or hard that you'd be you willing to share? So, yeah. You know, what's so interesting is these books, um, to me, Sarah, feel like these culminating books. Like I've been wanting to write a book really since 2002. And I did write, a, I did put out a couple of books of poetry um, in that time, but I always had this idea that I, you know, wanted to write some books. <laughs> and what these have felt like are more, it almost felt strange like an editorial process because I had created so much content over the last 20 years that needed to be in the form of a book. So it was almost like a gathering for me of, of material and an editing of material. And um, so I still feel like there's this book that is almost part memoir, part astrology um, that is going to be a very, very different form of writing for me because these have not felt so much like blank page, you know, inspiration has to pour through. They've felt much more like, okay, I have to be masterfully organized and create the system that works with these, you know? Um, so I'm actually really excited about the potential for the next book to be one that is um, a, a, a big downtime because I've oh, with these books I've had to fit them in the corners of things and like you know early in the morning late at night here's an hour here's an hour I would love to have a couple months where I'm like this is this is what I'm doing I'm writing this book you know. Yeah, it's like a like in a writing immersion or a writing retreat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I've had lots of mini retreats for myself, but not, um, you know, not a substantial one. <laughs> do you get a sense of when of when you want to do that, or is are you just kind of? I know your this recent book is not even out yet. No, it's not out yet, but it's yeah. in, it's with the publishers, so I'm I'm pretty much out done. Of your hands. You know, yeah, it's out of my hands. Yeah. Um, and I've done the second round of editing, so it's sort of really out of my hands. Um, I hope this year, I hope this upcoming year, because I've I've changed my schedule in a way that may very well allow me to have a little more spaciousness in terms of my creative life. Great. Well, yeah. I look forward to, to seeing what comes with that. Thank you. Thank you. So me, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah, and you also mentioned your... Um, the moon notes on Instagram. 
and doing that daily for four years, which is massively impressive, just the consistency and the dedication. And what what is it like for you? What has it been like for you just to show up for that every day? You know, no it's, what. yeah, it's one of those beautiful, how it, you know, it's it started four years ago and I was just sitting in a, my armchair in my bedroom and I was like, you know, Instagram, what is this anyway? I think I should maybe start to post here. You know, I'd already been posting a little bit, but I was kind of like, I should probably try to grow my business a little bit, you know? So I, so I just wrote this little note that was like, the moon's in cancer today and, you know, have a nice meal or something very short. And up until that point, I had posted maybe 15 times or something, but that was the post that people were like, oh, say more, say more, you know? And suddenly I was like, oh, okay. And so it was just a response to, you know, it was just this out of just very easeful thing. And then it was this immediate response. And so the, sort of the universe guiding in a way, and um, I'm a little moon in Capricorn. So I'm, I show up and I'm responsible and I love a good like structure and I just said to myself, okay, let's do it for a year. And the first two years, I wrote it every morning. The first two years, I woke up at five and I would write it every morning, which is also wow. an interesting pressure because I always would post by 545. So you got to deliver in 45 minutes, you know what I mean? But then I started to say to myself, well, okay, if you're going to keep writing, you don't have to do it every morning, you know, like go like write the night before. And so mostly I've been writing the night before, but still, yes, like there are many nights where I've finished seeing all my clients and I've done all the phone calls. And then I'm like, and I still have to write a moon note, you know? Mm. Um, but I've just gotten, it's been a good um, trusting of the creative process. Cause sometimes I'm like, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. I'm going to walk away from this for an hour. I'm just going to take a shower and let it just see what comes through. And then, you know, inevitably something does come through and also a practice of just, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be brilliant every day. Um, it just has to be, a, a, it's, it's been a wonderful practice of commitment and building community. Yeah. Yeah. And just what a great way to engage on social media, just like sharing what you enjoy, sharing what you're good at in a way that feels good for you. And that is helpful for others. And like you said, builds, builds community and yeah. just kudos to you for just showing up every day for four years. Thank you. I have a, I have a, I have a really funny story where I was in Ireland with my family two summers ago and I had posted something by this author that I didn't know much about, but I liked the quote and I posted it. And within a, a, a few minutes, I got three comments that were like, do you know who this author is? Do you know how, you know, what he said about various populations of people? And I was like, <gasps> I don't. And I immediately took it down, but I was about to go on a whale watching, <laughs> um, you know, expedition. And I knew that, I had to post something else because I had taken it down. So I took this bag from the back of our car and we ripped the bag open. It's like this white crinkly bag. And I just wrote the moon note on the bag as the boat is like, get on the boat. And I took a picture of it. I mean, that was how crazily committed I was. I was like, I have to post the note. <laughs> it was crazy, but people appreciated it. <laughs> Yes, I can tell. It's just, um, I imagine that there's a lot of people who just really look forward to that every day and even just like weave it into as an essential part of their days. People are saying that. And I do have to say that a, a really gorgeous community is formed and it's a community that does that, that is a pretty solidly, um, truth-telling positive community do you know it's not we don't have to deal with a lot of nonsense you know or yeah. it's just like people are there for one another and um I'm I'm so grateful I'm so grateful and you know we've been talking about you know different ways that these past couple of years have been pretty intense and one of the things I'm asking guests on this podcast is what have you been doing just as a as a woman, um, not not necessarily professionally, but any dimension of your life uh, to help help get through these times. And I know there's been different stages of the pandemic, 
but um, are there certain practices or even objects or um, activities that have been supportive for you throughout or even at this particular stage? Yeah, I was just thinking back over the whole pandemic and I would say, you know, first for me, it was the trees. <laughs> so first, um, the first months of the pandemic, I would take walks in our neighborhood and I just got obsessed with trees and I I just was so grateful for trees and I would, I read that book Overstory. Oh my gosh, what a brilliant book about lineage and trees and everything. And so first it was just nature and um and slowing down and trees. And then for me, it's always the page. Um, so the page will always set me right. Um, and I did started to do some wild writing with Lori Wagner um, uh, for the, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And we wrote, you know, every day and um, continued that writing with my writing teacher, Bruce Gelfand. So just trying to capture the moment and trying to just, name the fear or name the lethargy. And look, I, I, there was a lot of fear and lethargy and whatever, you know, sadness. Um, I will also say my gravity blanket. <laughs> I actually, oh my gosh, I love my gravity blanket. Like I need to be smushed. I like Is that need... the same as a weighted blanket. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So like, you know, 20, 30 pounds, just like that is the most, nourishing thing for me and I'll get in bed at eight o'clock and put that thing over me and just like put my hands on my heart and breathe um so you know that um and also just trying to be I'm pretty hard on myself I think many of us are and uh uh particularly this past year, I felt very I had big spells of feeling heavier or more depressed and just letting myself have tiny pockets of nourishment, <laughs> you know, if I need to go to bed at eight o'clock, I need to go to bed at eight o'clock, you know. Um, I, I would say I was only partially successful in taking good care of myself. I'm a big fan of the eight o'clock bedtime. <laughs> when needed. Yeah, me too. Yeah. My, my, I would put on pajamas after dinner and my kids would be like, okay, mom's going to bed, you know? <laughs> yeah. My mom got me a weighted blanket during like the first few months of the pandemic. And it was just, I loved it so much. I still do love it. Yeah. Game changer. I, I don't know. What, why is that? Is it just, it's just, there's something about it that just slows my breathing and yeah. makes me feel safe and just... Yeah. Very Sometimes. reassuring and grounding. Yeah. 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 What about and you, by the way? Did you do anything that really worked? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> like there's been there's been different stages. Um during the first stage when things were very intense, um walks, a lot of walks around around my neighborhood with my dog. And, um, I was also doing, I was also doing, started doing microdosing at that time okay. with, um, psilocybin and lion's mane. And I was doing that like one day on two days off. And that was just, it was just a really deep time for me. Like I wasn't really doing much and, I would just do that in the morning and then meditate and journal and just have a lot of space to kind of explore inner dimensions that I wouldn't have had if I had been, you know, running around doing all my usual things and um, reading a lot. That's been a really good companion and watching a lot of, a lot of really good shows Yes. The most yes. recent one I just I just finished last night is um Scenes from a Marriage, the series oh my on HBO. Gosh. I saw wow. that amazing. Oh my god. Incredible. It, it was like six one-act plays. These actors yes. were it was just powerful. Yeah. Yeah, their acting was was incredible and just the the humanity of 
relationship and falling in and out of love. So, and just enjoying things like that, like watching a lot more shows than, than I, than I usually do, especially at this time of year when it gets dark at 4.30. Yes. So there's kind of just a big stretch of evening ahead. Yes. I, I had forgot, forgot to mention that, but that's for sure. Yes. Curling up with, you know, Ted Lasso. <laughs> yes. I love Ted Lasso too. Yeah, yes. So many good shows. Yes. And, you know, we met um, through spiritual practice, through a shared teacher. And this podcast is very much about uh, the feminine spiritual journey. And I would love for you to share with us just what your spiritual practice or spiritual path looks like for you right now, this time in your life. You know, our, our, our shared teacher would always say, you know, that the, the, the feminine spiritual practice is the ability to hold paradox, you know, that, that that's one of the components. And I have always loved that and um, that, that two things can be exactly opposite and both true. And in some ways, reminding myself of that the, the paradox is, is, is part of this present time. Um, in some ways I could say, I feel my work is spiritual. Do you know, my work is astrological and spiritual and tapping in with people at deep levels. But in some ways I could say this period of time, I feel the most, um, distanced from my spiritual practice that that I have because I feel that I have um, I have let my time uh, be filled to such an extent that um, there's no room for intake right and I and I really got to a point where I was like this is untenable it's unsustainable and so it, I'm in the middle of a sea change and for me, uh, part of that is like my spiritual practice involves spaciousness and listening and uh, big periods of time of the unknown where something can enter. And I, I need that more than any formal meditation practice or I just need this deep, deep, deep listening, which is a form of meditation. So, to, you know, truth-telling, I have not had that, and I have felt very um, burned out. And so now I'm starting to turn the corner and carve out a year where I feel like that the practices um, can can be more present in my life and the, and the inhale and exhale can be more present. But writing is a spiritual practice for me, um, a completely unscheduled day is a spiritual practice for me. Stretching yoga is a spiritual practice for me. Um, creating a sacred moment from a mundane moment is a spiritual practice for me. Um, yeah. What you mentioned that you're making some shifts in your schedule for for 2022 to make more space for for writing for listening. Um, what are, what are some of those shifts that you're making? Like, how are you, how are you rearranging things to, to give yourself more of that spaciousness? Yeah, basically it's a very simple, it's just how I'm scheduling clients. And I've decided that what's best for me is to schedule clients, a lot of clients on three days instead of a few clients every day, you know? And so I'm being quite, um, quite boundaried and you know have even had brought somebody in to really help me um make sure that I don't uh, break down the boundaries around that um so it's really a matter of just like when am I seeing clients and then being very clear about the other days uh being a little more unknown you know and I'm I'm also really trying to radically simplify other areas of my life and say no. Um, so 
I just am looking forward to, let's just say Monday to, or Sunday to Wednesday of what are those going to be each, each, each week. And I also will say this, Sarah, um, I'm quite excited. I'm actually starting the whole year with a poetry retreat. I'm going to um, a retreat uh, with um, Lori Wagner and Marie Howe. And Mm -hmm. um, so I'm starting the whole year with that as the first thing. And to me, that's deeply significant. Sounds like a wonderful way to start the year. Yeah. Yeah, I I did a wild writing course with Lori years ago and I loved it. Yes. Yeah, she's she's great. Yes, she's wonderful. Writing teachers, hallelujah. We need need them holding those spaces. Yeah. Yeah, and that schedule that you need, it's similar to my schedule. I... I enjoy just, I just have two days a week when I see clients and then I love having the rest of the week to just be a hermit, structure it, how I want to structure it, have big open spaces to create. And you're right. It does take a lot of boundaries because there's, you know, there can be temptation to, Oh, let me just like add another day or another time slot here or there. And yeah, guarding that guarding that space. Yeah, that's the, that's the, you know, I, I tried to do two weeks on, two weeks off, but the, the two weeks off were immediately, oh, well, I'll put that person in. Oh, well, I'll put that person in, you know, but yeah. I think, I mean, I feel you and I share a kind of deep need for solitude and a deep need for full connection and expression um, in quite, both in quite heightened ways, I think, and not to impose that on you, but that's what I feel in you. Yes, you know? it's true. Um, and so I have neglected sorely the, the deep need for solitude. And, um, and this, this year, if I name it, will have to involve some form of spacious solitude, the year of spaciousness or something, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. So that's my, you may have already answered this question, but um, what is your current growing edge? Ooh, good. What is my current growing edge? I think um, part of it is around this uh, this this voice in me, this part of me that feels responsible to everyone and everything and to recognize that it's gotten um, taken up too much space and to recognize that um, I can... Uh, I can be a little more playful and a little more spontaneous and a little more just because I want to do this, you know, as opposed to a lot of shoulds and a lot of duty. I, I do. I, I, I think that it, oftentimes it's said that a Cap, Capricorn people get younger as they get older and I'm, and I'm, I have a Capricorn moon and I sort of feel like my edge is to allow myself to get younger and not to um, be weighted down Um by self-imposed weight. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. So there's, I have some, I have many friends that are just really good at playing and really good at just like pleasure and um, really good at just giving lots and lots of room for creativity. And I, and I, and I, and that's why they're my friends. Like, I know that that I want to make, make more room for all of that. It sounds like you are. I think I am. I think I'm in the yeah. process of it. You're yeah. in the process of, of doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so the next question is, um, what's next for you? You know, you've named this poetry retreat, this carving out time to write this, this new book, shifting your, your schedule, um, anything else that you want to share about what's what's next for you? Well, what I'm here, I'm going to do a, a Radiant Life retreat in um, March of 2022, and I did a, a retreat in March of 2020, and then the world closed down the next day. And um, I've been doing these retreats now for 12 years, and maybe 13 years, and um, I do. This one is going to be a kind of, I feel like it's going to be a kind of culminating and celebratory kind of retreat. But then I think there, 
I may be moving into working with people in different ways and maybe it's not the same kind of small intimate retreat anymore. Maybe, I don't know. I just feel something shifting around my group work, but I'm so happy to gather people again in an, in an intimate, deep space and deep way with, with Jupiter in Pisces, you know, the, the big retreat energy. So that's a big part of, of the first part of next year. Um, and then I think I'll be turning my attention towards um, getting this book out into the world and maybe creating a space for the new book to come in. So, I mean, work-wise, that's what that feels like. And then at a personal level, you know, my daughter is going to go off to college next year, which is a huge thing. Um, and just really wanting to help her make that uh that cross that threshold with a lot of love and ease. And, um, and, and I sort of am holding this like on a personal level, I, I have this sense of, of that we may be moving, not, not out of LA, but I just feel like it's ready for a, We're ready for a new reflection in our home somehow. And I feel like I'm curious about that. And I'm holding that as my own little special dream and, and curiosity about like, how, what, where might we go next? You know? Sounds like a, a potentially exciting year ahead on a I lot of levels. So. I hope so. Yes. I think so. Yes. And do you have a poem that you can share? Oh, yes. Hang on. Let's see. You can't let you go without. Yes. No, I poem. love that. I love that. Um, I think what I'll do is read you um, the poem called The Quivering. And um, here it is, page 45. This is from my book, um, Wild Compassion. And uh, yeah, okay. And you'll, you'll probably recognize, you know, I always feel, and maybe, again, our, our, our shared teacher, um, the teaching comes out in the poetry, uh, you know, these, and, and you'll probably recognize some of it. But anyway, it's called The Quivering. If we but make friends with the quivering, the subtle and not so subtle shaking of the body and all its parts, letting go of what we've held on to long enough, if we but soften our grasp on who we have always been to make room for what can be, knowing not what may appear, knowing only the quivering. And I ask, is not some part of us always dying? And I ask, are we not every day in some small way reborn? Then, just as the wild animal shakes off the fear of attack, we too can shake off the fears that want to eat us whole. We can walk barefoot in the woods with a quiver of arrows, cautious of what still wants to ensnare us, but alive with the light emanating from our newly trodden path. Are we not pathmakers? So we are. Are we not pathfinders? So we are. Do arrows not quiver before they are loosed into the world? Then so must we. Finally, we are archer and arrow at once, sprung into the wind, carried swiftly, silently, precisely to our very heart, pierced and present. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, go I, yeah. yes, go ahead. Yes. No, go, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's just a very Sagittarian poem. And I, I always think of you, you know, certainly as a, a yoga teacher and many other things, but as a, you know, that idea of the body where as we, as our muscles shake, we're strengthening, you know, and I always mm -hmm. think of that on all the levels, all the levels. Yeah. I love that word quivering. Yeah. 
invoke so much. Yeah. So Heidi, we're going to put your website link in the show notes. And um, is there anything that you want to let your let the listeners know about that you have? Also put your Instagram link so they can Beautiful. enjoy your, your daily moon notes. Anything else you want to share? The only thing I would share is that if some of you out there listening um, are not as familiar with astrology and would like to become a little more intimate with your chart, um, I and my team of astrologers offer uh, sun, moon, and rising snapshots and transit snapshots where you just receive a personal audio of your sun, moon, and rising and also of what's going on in your life right now. And they're just wonderful ways to introduce yourself to your astrological chart as, as a beginning, as a launching point. And that's just right on my website. Oh, that's a great idea. I love that. Yeah, a lot of people have taken advantage of it. And it's a just, it's a good way to start to realize, oh, that's so much more than the sun sign. You know, there's so many components that are at work and just starting to create some of those voices uh, and recognize how they can work together in really beautiful ways. So Heidi, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for taking time out of your full schedule to be with us. Thank you, Sarah. I love talking with you. I so deeply respect the work you do in the world. I'm so glad we sat next to each other at a retreat 14 years ago. And uh, here's to the continued journey together. Yes, here's to that. Thank you so much for joining me and for taking this time out for yourself. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be very grateful if you'd take a moment to rate and review this podcast. That way, other women who might enjoy it can better find it. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support.